we're going to get to respond to your word. And, and as you speak through our hearts, Father, let us hear you. Let us be obedient to what you've uh, called us to. Father, tonight we're going to discuss kind of a difficult subject. We're going to talk about your will, uh, and which is something that confuses us all. And as we n- navigate life, we will try to understand your will. And so tonight we're going to talk about what that means. I pray that you would open our minds, that we would have a better understanding of you, that it would draw us to you in a deeper love. So, Father, tonight, we love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all watch this video real quick. Okay, some of you who haven't been here, oh, we're going to go back one. Okay, some of you who haven't been here in a while or maybe never been here before, you're like, why are we watching a video of Zach Galifianakis' band? Um, one, that's not Zach Galifianakis, I hate to break that to you. Um, two, we're going to get to it in a little bit, but we're finishing up our three-week series called All Access, okay? And what we've been talking about is uh, this idea, right, that, that we can be backstage, we can have VIP tickets uh, to maybe our favorite band or our favorite singer or our favorite uh, lip singer, uh, wh- whatever type of music you prefer, and we could meet them, and we would get the chance to talk to them and ask them things about maybe how they write music or, or what life is like on tour or maybe all of their relationships of all the people they've broken up with that we get to listen to all the albums they've pre- produced because of it. But we'd be able to ask them anything. We'd get to know them. And so we kind of talked about is that God, as followers of Jesus, we kind of have this idea that, that we would have access to God, that we would be able to know him better than maybe the rest of the world knows him. That there are things that as believers, as followers of Jesus, as people who have given their lives to Christ, that, that we would have a different access to God than other people. And so as we talked about through three weeks, we talked about in week one that anyone who is saved, anyone who has given their life to Christ, then they have access to God. There is no other extra special duty. There is no, if I try harder, maybe I'll have access. Those that are saved freely are given access to God. And last week we talked about how sometimes we think access and we think, well, that just means forgiveness. That the, the main trait or characteristic of God is that he is forgiving. And so by having access to him, it just simply means I'm forgiven. And we went a little bit deeper, and we said, man, grace is bigger than just forgiveness. It's the strength to win the day, okay? It's the strength to get through sin, to fight sin, to beat the day. Not just for after I've messed up or whatever it is. And this week, we're going to kind of talk about this third thing, um, and it's this, that that we assume that access means that we're going to know something about God or God is going to let us in on something that maybe other people don't know. And so the band that we saw up there, they're called Manchester Orchestra. I toned it down a little bit this week, a little bit less screamo, a little bit less mosh pits, 
Uh, we went a different direction of just weird dudes with crazy beards singing music. Um, and Manchester Orchestra is a band that I loved in high school again, and I went and saw them in Austin one time. And we go to a show, and there's this guy there. He's not really right next to me, but he's kind of in the back, and he's just from the back, just keeps yelling, Tony the Tiger! Tony! And I'm sitting there, uh, and, you know, sometimes you go to concerts, and maybe you don't know every song of every album by every band you've ever listened to. Um, I usually only go see bands that I know all that stuff from, but, but sometimes you go and you're like, oh, I didn't even know that they had an album before the one that I loved. Well, the thing about Manchester Orchestra is they wrote a song uh, in their very early albums called Tony the Tiger. Um, and it wasn't about Frosted Flakes or anything like that. It was just like one of those weird, like, why do bands give, like, the craziest names to their songs? It was just one of, kind of one of those things. And so this guy in the back loves this song, quite obviously. Everyone needs to know about it. So he's just, Tony the Tiger! Literally the entire show from start to finish. Uh, well, I say, I say finish from start to about three-quarters of the way in, and finally, the lead singer of this band, like, he addresses him, because he's like, okay, everybody knows this dude is yelling Tony the Tiger at this point. And so he just goes, hey, man, uh, I hate to break it to you. We're not playing Tony the Tiger tonight, and everybody here who doesn't know that's a song just thinks you're really crazy about cereal. And it was, it was awesome. It was so funny. One, because like you never see the band like specifically address someone in the crowd, but he was like, look, I... I have to break this guy's heart that we're never going to get to the song that he wants us to play. And if you've never been to a concert, you've never been to a show or anything like that, uh, or maybe you've been you just didn't know, like bands come in with like a set list. They're not just playing on the fly, like feeling the night, like, you know what, let's throw in this song from 17 albums ago. We'll just, we'll just mix it up. Every night they kind of know what they're going to play. They have a plan that they're moving forward with. And it kind of changes from night to night maybe. And I'm, I'm the kind of guy that before I go see a band, like I get on the internet, because I never go see like the very first concert in a tour or anything like that. I get on the internet and I want to see what have they played. What songs are they likely going to play tonight, especially if they have multiple albums. You know, maybe I only like like the first three that they ever made and then like the next seven weren't very good. And so I want to see, maybe they're going to play some of the old stuff. If not, I'm not going to waste my money. And so I, I want to know the game plan. I want to know the plan that the band is coming in with. I want to know what experience I've signed up for throughout the night. I mean, this very same is for us with God. See, when we say, hey, I'm going to give my life to Christ. For me, uh, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do these things. One of the things that we think access means is we're going to have access to the game plan of God, or as we might like to call it, his will. Access to God assumes that we have access to his will that he will let us in on some things that maybe he's not going to let the rest of the world in on, that he's going to maybe give us some answers that maybe he's not going to give some other people. And it is true. It is true. We're going to kind of talk through the rest of the night um, that God, I mean, he does have a, a will. He does have a desire for his people. He does have some things that he's maybe going to call you to later in life. Those things are all true but we think about them in not the healthiest way possible. We, we maybe think about them in some different ways. Um, and here's what we're going to see here in a little bit is that we have categorized God's will. See, there are kind of different ways that we view the will of God. Okay, if you're a high school junior or senior in here, maybe you're just like super future-focused sixth grader. I don't know. Uh, but you're, you're starting to think post-grad. Okay, you're starting to think, man, what's on the horizons of colleges? What's on the horizons of maybe work after college or whatever it is? 
You're starting to think about those things. And I guarantee you, that is pretty much the first time that most teenagers start to think that maybe God has a will for my life. Right? For some of you, it's probably the first time that you've ever prayed, like, Lord, don't let me mess this one up. Show me which magical university that I need to go to. Texas A&M? Okay. <laughs> That's always the answer. So anybody else, you're just disobedient to the will of God. But it's no big deal. There's forgiveness. Um, no, but, but I remember being a senior and having been accepted to both the University of Arkansas and Texas A&M. My whole family was from Arkansas. I grew up in Arkansas. I was delusional for the first 18 years of my life, and so I thought that's where I wanted to go. And I'm fighting this battle of where I'm going to go. And all the conversation I'm starting to have with people is, I just don't know where God wants me to go to school. Like, I, I know that God from, from, like, kindergarten just perfectly constructed a university of my choice. And I need, to, I need to make sure that I go to that college. And some of you may be thinking that way. Some of you maybe not. Maybe it's like, look, whoever accepts me, that's where I'm going. That's the will of God. Um, I, I don't know. But many of you think that way. I, I know you do. You, it, it's the first time you've thought about that God might have specifically start, start to be guiding you somewhere. The next moment, uh, and this is mostly girls, guys are, are very different in this way. Guys are just like, well, whoever says yes. Uh, but girls are very much like, okay, if I'm following the will of God, like, who is he going to have me marry? And guys are like, what? Girls are thinking that way? And, and yes, yes, they are. That's why Pinterest was invented. And I would meet, I would meet girls in college, like, date one. Talk to them afterwards. I'm like, hey, how did, how did that date with so-and-so go? I was like, Man, I just don't know if that's the man that God has for me. I'm like, you knew that after you had the appetizer? Like, you knew that much about that person that through the appetizers, you knew the will of God. You are walking deeper with Jesus than I ever have. Like, like that's insane. And they just have this pressure. And I, I would meet girls all the time that they could never go on, like, more than two dates. Because, like, I just, I just don't think that's the will of God. I'm like, maybe the will of God takes three or four dates. Like, like it's possible. And, and, and Haley, very much throughout dating the entire time, years. We, we were dating and we would talk and she was like, well, well, I just, I just don't know what God's will might be. And I'm like, well, we've been spending a year and a half to figure it out. I think it's time for God to speak up, megaphone it, bro. Like, and we would talk through those things. And so the first way that we really categorize his will is this, that God's will is only in the big moments. Right, like none of you go into your closet every morning and are like, stripes are plaid, stripes are God? Preferences? Like, no one goes to the candy section in the grocery aisle and is like, Skittles or M&M's? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. You got an opinion? <laughs> like, no one, no one does that. And so we've categorized the will of God and like, okay, God only has a will uh, for college, um, where we'll work, or what job we'll do, and who we'll marry. Outside of that, God really doesn't care. Uh, and more than that, I don't really care. Those are the big decisions, and so I, I, those are the ones I'm going to set aside for God to kind of chime in on. I, I don't really care to talk to him for the rest of my life, and I'm assuming that maybe he'll send a glowing light uh, anytime that he needs to speak to me, or maybe audibly, maybe he'll burning bush it like Moses. I don't know. But that's kind of the first way we've categorized as well. The second one is this, uh, and kind of just is dangerous, um, is that we just assume that everything is the will of God. Right, maybe you've talked to that person and you're in the midst of tragedy or something bad happens in the world and they just go, well, well, this is just God's plan 
I'm like, oh, man, God's a jerk. <laughs> like, and you start thinking, you, and so people just say, well, if God is in control, then everything he must have caused. And so we say, well, well man, the, the will of God tells me that he does everything. If God is in control, then it tells me that he is controlling everything. And let me tell you, if you've ever been in a preschool classroom, you learn very quickly that is not true. My wife is a preschool teacher. She is in control of the room. But oh boy, does she not control everything that happens in there. She is over it. She understands it. She sees it. She can respond to it as she pleases and in the best way that she knows possible. But, but she doesn't make her four-year-old take his pull-up off in the middle of class. Like, like, and we see that and we go, well, duh. But with God and with humanity, we look at it and we go, no, 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 no. God must have done all these things. All of these things must be in line with the will of God. And so we walk around and we live however we want. And we go, I can live how I want because any decision I make in the grand scheme of things is in the will of God. Or maybe we look back on our life and we look back on pain and hurt and mistakes that we've made or tragedies that we've experienced. And we just look at it and we go, well, I don't regret anything because it was God's will. If I look at a lot of my life and think that all of it was God's will then God's a little bit darker than I expected him to be, okay? But we've categorized God's will in those things. And here's the thing, we don't really see that in Scripture. We see that God has a will. It is good, pleasing, and perfect. But that man is equally as messed up and sinful. And so we have free will. We have decisions. We do things wrong, and so we can miss some things. We see God sometimes calling people to specific places to do specific things, but not all the time. And so really we're going to kind of end in a place tonight as we continue in the book of Hebrews. It's going to frustrate some of you uh, as I'm not going to be able to speak into your life and say, hey, here's the will of God. I'll be able to speak to some of that, but some of that was going to come from walking with him, as you'll see. And so tonight uh, we're going to get into the book of Hebrews again. We're in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, if you didn't see the slide up there. uh, And we'll just go ahead and read it. You'll see this. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So we see, man, man, God has a will. We We see that God does indeed have a will. It's not coming in a letter in the mail. It's not audibly from the clouds. He's going to be like, hey, this year, you go to Texas A&M. This year, you go to Texas Tech. And you're, you're like, oh, glad I woke up this morning to answer that call. Right? Like, like you're not going to get like your text message that's going to be like, oh, God texted me back and got him a few years ago. He, there's a long wait. Take a number. It's not going to be like that, but we do see uh, that God has a will. And here's the quick answer to that is this. His will is being worked out in us. We see this, uh, again, kind of this analogy we've been walking through for weeks, right, that, that Jesus is the payment for the eternal covenant. He 
is the lamb that is sacrificed so we can become into the holy of holies. He is the reason we get to be in the presence of God. He is the reason we get forgiveness. And also this, he is the reason we get to know God's will. Now here's the deal. There are two types of will. There's general will. To know the general will of God, which is simply this, to know him and to make him known. To love God and to love people. That is the general will of God. That is for every follower of Jesus. That does not change. Like, we don't have to walk and be like, man, is it, is it God's will that I tell someone about Jesus today? Yes. Like, you can check that box off your list. Um, is, it, is it God's will that I serve people in my high school? Yes. You can go ahead and check that one off your list. Is it, is it God's will that I'm a, I'm a good friend or, or a good boyfriend or girlfriend? Yes. You can check that one off your list. That is in the general will of God to love God and to love people. And he is working even his general will out in us every day. Scripture says that we have, at the moment of salvation, we have the mind of Christ. We do not have the heart of Christ. And so while we will be, when walking with the Holy Spirit, we'll know the things of the Lord, we do not always have them played out in our hearts. When we often pray, right, we're praying for God to change our hearts, for the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts, to work in us, to change us, right? Those of us that struggle with sin, we say, man, I struggle with, like, deeply hating people. And so we pray, God, would you change that in me? What we're asking is that God would work out his will in our lives. Because it's not, it's not just major moments. Like, God just doesn't show up when you're 18 and go, all right, now it's time I start speaking to you. Let's start guiding you in some major life decisions. No, he's working out his will in your life. That's why we encourage you, hey, walk with Jesus. Practice spiritual discipline. Spend time in the Bible. Spend time in prayer. Spend time with Jesus because his will is being worked out in you. He's working in you. He's working on you. He's changing you every day. He's revealing his will to you every day. It's not big billboard signs. It's every day as he calls you to himself and you spend time with him. That's how he's going to reveal his will. If you expect that you cannot walk with God for so many years and then get to some of the major decisions of your life and think that God is going to show up, you are in trouble because that's not how God works. He is working in your heart every day, working out his will in you every day. And as he works, the more that we recognize it. It is very, very hard to recognize what God wants from you and what he is calling you to if you are not spending time with him. It is very, very hard to recognize what you should do, the good that you ought to do, as Paul would say it in Romans. It is very hard to recognize that if you aren't walking with Jesus. If you aren't spending time with him and intimately getting to know him. I don't know if you've ever been able to hang out with a friend and uh, maybe that friend's not around and, and you're trying to make a decision as a group. Maybe you're trying to throw uh, a party for that friend, right? Uh, for instance, just this last Sunday, Jessica McClanahan had her, her last uh, kind of event with children and uh, she goes to her office one day and we're staying back in staff meeting and we're like, hey, we want to honor uh, Jessica and so what we're going to do is we want to just kind of like buy her flowers or something like that and so it's a room full of dudes who, like, I don't even know the names of three flowers. So, well, what could we do? 
And I'm sitting there losing my mind. So I'm like, we're going to sit here and brainstorm forever and never be able to figure it out. And it, not because we don't love Jessica, because none of us are close enough with her to know her favorite flower. And so I text Kimberly. And I say, hey, do me a favor, because i got to get out of a staff meeting and into my office to do my job. Can, can you tell me the favorite flower of Jessica? And she goes, oh, yeah, she loves like daisies or something. Gerber daisies. My, there's a difference, gentlemen. Um, and, and she tells me, because Kimberly spends time with Jessica, she knows Jessica intimately that she would know what she would want. Some of us spend such a long time distant from God and away from God, though we have access to him, that, that we don't know what God would actually want from us. We have no idea. And there's never a moment in Scripture it says in verse 21 that he will equip you with every good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. It just simply says, man, God's will is going to be pleasing to him. And so if you're wondering, one, uh, am I living outside of God's will? Look at these things that you're doing. Is it pleasing to God? If you go, I don't know if this is pleasing to God, that's a good way to know that you're not spending enough time with him. Not only that, God will equip you to do his good. He will work in you to do his good. The more that we walk with Jesus, the more that he reveals in us some of the gifts and the talents that we have that we did not even know about, that we could do his good. I took speech my first semester of senior year of high school, which is a class about writing speeches and things of that sort, um, and I barely passed. I barely passed. I never spoken in front of public. I hated speaking in public. Uh, I like gave a speech, and at the end of the semester um, was right around the time that I preached my first sermon. And when I when I got to speak for the first time about the gospel, I was like a totally different person than having to stand in front of my classroom of friends and being like, "Here's a persuasive speech about why you should attend the University of Arkansas." It wasn't a very good persuasive speech because I didn't end up going there myself, and. Uh, that kind of thing, and I remember going back to my teacher uh, in January of my senior year after I had his class, and I went back, and I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be a preacher one day, and that guy was like, oh, are you? Hopefully, it's for a little bitty church of deaf people. Like, <laughs> he was like, there's no way, there's no way that you are going to be God's person because they can't hear. Like, it's the same if someone started signing to me, Amy. It's going to be okay. People can't understand other people. Calm down. And we, we say that it's like, like, there's no way that you could be responsible for communicating literally anything. You can barely read the back of a cereal box. But as I began to walk with Jesus and spend time with him, he began to reveal in me a desire to do something that I was not yet great at or even remotely, averagely okay at. But he equipped me over time. He prepared me to do his good work, to walk in his will. And the more time I spent with him, the more time that he revealed to me, hey, I think that you're going to have to go communicate this to teenagers. <laughs> My God. And, and he worked out his will in me. And he gives me a passion and a love for teenagers for the gospel. Every day he is working out his will. Because here's the deal. When you are saved, it's not just for forgiveness. It's not just for this access for him. He has good things planned for you. And it's not good things like he's going to keep you nice and safe and you're going to live in a cul-de-sac with the husband you love or the, and seven little children and a white picket fence and an SUV out back. No, I have good things planned for you and that is to deliver my message to all people. That is to go through tragedy. That is to go through sorrow. That is to mourn with 
people, but it's going to be good because it's my will. And my will can be nothing but pleasing and good. It, it can't be. It cannot be apart from it. As long as we allow him to work it out in us. And so some of us, man, we're, we're wondering so deeply what God's will for us. And what I want us to think about tonight is very simply this. Are we following general will? Are we following the simple things that we know about God? Are we being obedient to them? Are we sharing the gospel with friends? Are we communicating our faith in our homes and our families? Are we loving God? Are we loving people? Are we knowing God? Are we making him known? When we start to live within that general will, God will begin to call us to specific things. And it may not be specific places. And he may not answer your where should I go to college question, but he might answer your what am I passionate about question. He might reveal passion in you that will begin to direct you to a degree which might direct you to a school. For some people, I think God maybe has specific colleges for. For other people, he might have a whole plethora of options that we get to choose from. For our future spouse one day, God is calling us to be with someone who loves the Lord like we do, who is going to encourage us to Christ. Guess what? There's, there's a whole bunch of them out there. We live in the South. They're walking. You can hit somebody with a rock just walking down the street that loves Jesus. He says, hey, there's this general, well, there's these general callings, and as you begin to follow those, I'm going to call you to some specific things, and we're going to work those out in your heart. And you don't have to have those answers now, but we're going to experience them together. So for many of us, many of us have a kid. A buddy of mine told me, he's having a conversation with a student. He says, I have a kid coming to my office the other day, and he sits down, and he says, hey, man, he's just like sweating, stressed. He says, hey, I just don't know what I should do. I just don't know what I should do. Oh, can you give me some advice? Yeah, yeah, let's talk. Tell me about it. He goes, well, I got this friend. He doesn't know Jesus. He doesn't know anything about him. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out God's will of if, if I should tell him about Jesus. And he's like, I all but flipped my laptop off of my table and kicked my desk over. And he said, I don't, I don't need to pray for you. Yes, you do need to. And we laugh because we go, duh. But how many of us know the general will of God that we would come to his word, that we would come in prayer, that we would be involved in the church and in the community, that we would hear from him and spend time with him, and every day we go, I just don't know. And then later we're trying to figure out the big specific things, and we never handle the little things that the Lord entrusted to us. Why would he give us access to the big and grand things if we are not proven trustworthy in the little things? It's insane. It doesn't apply anywhere else in life. It's not going to apply in the gospel. So tonight, man, if you don't know anything about that Jesus and you say, man, uh, this is great. You mean that there might be a plan for my life. You mean that there might be a calling to my life to do good things, to love God and, and, and to love people. Yes. That, that call to come to Jesus is for everyone. Not everybody answers it, but it is for everyone. And so yeah, you can give your life to Christ. Tonight, don't go play dodgeball. Go talk to an adult. Say, hey, i got to know about this Jesus, that he would have great plans for little old me that can barely even stay focused for five minutes while Lane's rambling. Yeah, that, that God would have a plan for you, that he would have a desire for you, that he would have a great future for you, not of wealth and things of that sort, probably of a lot of hard times, but of doing 
his incredible will. We'll close with this. I've got a professor at Howard Payne. His name is Dr. Allen. Dude is the man. Uh, he, he like, he's a history buff, borderline conspiracy theorist. Um, he's an incredible person. If you don't know what a conspiracy theorist is, go YouTube it. Um, but but he, he, he borderline is kind of insane. But I love listening to him, and I love being around just much older men that love the Lord because they have gone through a lot of sanctification that I have not gone through. And I, I believe that they might be just sitting in the throne room with Jesus at the time that they're communicating to me. And so I'll just sit and I'm like, tell me everything you know about Jesus. And, and he'll just begin to talk, and he'll tell stories. And he'll tell stories, and he'll say, man, one day I, I was driving home from work. I'm sitting at a red light. And I just, I just felt like the Lord was telling me to go, to go pray for this church member that I hadn't seen in a while. And so I turn around and I go to that prayer. And, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I need to know that red light. Like, I've, ne- I've never sat at that red light. Like, I am not so in tune with the Lord that I'm, I'm sitting there listening to music and going, oh, you're, you're right, God. And every time I listen to him talk, it, it just opens up my world for what the will of God might be because he has lived such a, so much of his life willing to just take a left turn and do something different if it was the will of God. And we, we don't, and I don't, not even close. But the moment of salvation, the moment we give our lives to Jesus, he invites us to that kind of journey that he would continually work out his will in us whatever left turn, whatever right turn, whatever U-turn it might bring us to.